Hey guys, I'm Jordan Rodrigue, Carolina Panthers beat reporter for the Charlotte Observer, and this is 3 and Out, where I'll bring you the latest in Panthers football, special guests, and analysis all season long. Let's get started. Hey guys, hope everyone is having a fantastic week. I know Panthers fans are probably having an excellent start to their week after a 23-3 win against the San Francisco 49ers on the road to open the season. Panthers obviously starting 1-0. So I'm trying to stay a little bit on theme here. I know that I uh, kind of troll all of you every week by not staying on the theme of three and out, but um, I am going to stay on theme this week with three things I think about Carolina's win against the 49ers. And the first thing is that the defense looked absolutely dominant most of the game. I said earlier this year that the defense would give the offense a little bit of cushion early, especially with the schedule that the Panthers have as the offense makes up for Cam's lost time, um, for kind of him shaking the rust off a little bit and them all clicking and firing all cylinders together after he missed uh, the entire preseason other than two throws and most of of the repetitions that he could have taken in, in camp with the offense. So the defense really stepped up and did that. They forced two turnovers, allowed just three points and only 51 net rushing yards. They also sacked Brian Hoyer four times. And this is something that the defensive ends and this pass rush really wanted to get going early this year. Um, You guys heard last last week Mario Addison talking a lot about how they wanted to start fast so they wouldn't have to um, kind of be a detriment to the linebackers and and to the secondary. Um, Obviously, everything starts up front. And so I want to talk about this defensive line because it does start with them. So they have these two guys who are really skilled as space eaters in Kwan Short and Star Latulale on the interior, which means that these two can quite literally clog space and occupy offensive linemen. And this frees up the linebackers behind them to run to the ball. So when you hear guys like Luke Keekley, Thomas Davis, Ron Rivera saying, Kwan Short, KK Short, and, and Star Latulale let our linebackers run, this is what the, this is what that means. So it's really beneficial to the type of linebackers and the caliber of linebackers that Carolina does have. And you saw all afternoon how Keekley and Davis and even Shaq Thompson flew all over the field absorbing plays and kind of eating up the ball. And the disruption Carolina's defensive line got was also really key in those fourth down sp- uh, stops. San Francisco only made one of their four attempts um, on fourth down. Star had a tackle for loss, um, so he was responsible for one of those stops. Thomas Davis had two, and his second came on the heels of a third and goal, during which he was also able to stuff Carlos Hyde twice, the second coming on fourth down when the 49ers tried for this shifty, stacked right line lineup um, that did not do anything to fool Thomas Davis. Um, but again, the defensive line and the, the interior guys especially did a really nice job of of hassling these um, offensive linemen, especially two really pretty inexperienced guards that San Francisco had on their side and kind of making sure that the, the pass rush could, could get going, making sure the linebackers could, could free range and kind of um, not act as guys who were pulling cleanup duty. They could actually go make plays on the ball. So um, that was really great in their favor. And I think another thing to point out that is working well in Carolina's favor um, that I heard a lot of grief about this offseason, surprisingly, is um, having so many defensive ends in rotation. San Francisco didn't really know what to do against Wes Horton when he came in for Mario Addison. Um, he even played on the inside at times to spell KK. And Julius Peppers and Charles Johnson seem to both have a lot in the tank throughout the game, which is ind- indicative of the way they're being rotated on the end. 
I do want to consider a moment um, the physicality we saw when Julius Peppers went for the strip sack on Brian Hoyer late in the game. Um, it got called back, but I encourage you guys to all go back and watch the play because you really don't see that kind of flat-out athletic ability and, and meanness at that caliber that often. Julius Peppers definitely brought the hit stick, and I do like the the rotation he and Charles Johnson and even Deshaun Hall got in there a couple times. I do like that rotation a lot. It keeps offensive linemen having to um, really use their brains a lot more because they're they're going against a different player every couple of reps. And Carolina's interior rotation as well was, was pretty creative, so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into that a little bit more. Okay, so the second thing that I think is I know people are pretty divided um, on Cam Newton's performance Sunday, so I did want to offer a look at both sides, and I want to preface this by saying I think he will continue to trend upward. He didn't have any damage, of course, in his shoulder. Um, Ron Rivera said that he checked out all right after the game and was frustrated with himself because the first half uh, was not great. He missed a couple of throws that he normally would have made, almost got picked off once by Reuben Foster, um, got kind of lucky on that. It bounced off Reuben Foster's hands. He missed a wide open Ed Dixon. We'll get to that in a second. But in the second half, um, he threw six times, made every throw, and finished the game 14 to 25, 171 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. The interception was a deep ball to Kelvin. The ball itself looked to me pretty nice. It was kind of an incredible play by uh, the strong safety Tart, who uh, before that was kind of in, in the doghouse for San Francisco for a couple of dumb plays he made, including a, a late hit on Greg Olson. So he kind of redeemed himself on that. But what I really liked about Cam's game was the audible to Russell Shepard. That was the first touchdown. I know many of you probably wouldn't have guessed Russell Shepard would, would make the first Carolina Panthers touchdown of the season. So Cam obviously audibled into that play. And Russell Shepard's a really consistent player. So, of course, you know, makes the catch. What I really liked that, that Shep did, though, was that spin move that he pulled. Um, and I believe he pulled that on Tart as well. And I uh, just flew right around him and, and had you know, about 10 extra yards um, to get into the score. Did a little shimmy at the end. And I also like the fact that Cam Newton was patient in executing some of these layup passes, especially to Christian McCaffrey. These are really important for Cam to get back into a rhythm. So I know that fans really want to see him go deep. And I know fans want to see him kind of be back to his old ways and his old self immediately, especially with some of that velocity on the ball. It's not just, just not quite there yet. But this game plan that Carolina utilized against San Francisco not only was indicative of what the defense showed to Carolina in terms of playing a soft zone that really um, kind of opened up some things underneath for them with Christian McCaffrey and with Jonathan Stewart even having a couple of, of passes thrown his way, but it, it also is something that I think was necessary for Cam to get back into a rhythm because these layup passes, and what I mean by that is they're kind of really basic throw and catch, not super deep, not in tight windows. They're just kind of these these passes that you make to build a quarterback's confidence. They build a rhythm, um, a cadence. They help him kind of get back into the swing of things. So I think that that was good. He was patient in executing those. He even, um, you know, kept looking for Christian on one play where he probably should have gone elsewhere. 
um, to make one of those layup passes. I'll get to that in a second. But I think all around that was a, a good scheme and game plan for Cam to have, especially kind of laying off him throwing in the second quarter. They ran the ball a lot, especially on that last drive um, that we will also get to in a minute. Um, so I think there's a lot of positive to take away from Cam. Uh, there was definite rustiness. There were definite miscues. Um, for example, I, I did not like how he completely missed Greg Olson in the end zone. Um, there's five minutes, nine seconds left in the second quarter. Three defenders shifted toward Christian McCaffrey as he was kind of improvising on the end of his route while Cam bought some time with his legs. And Christian was um, running up the seam and then out to the, the right side. And Greg ended up getting wide open in the end zone because three defenders did shift toward McCaffrey. So Cam was mobile, and he wasn't turned in an ideal direction toward Greg. He was instead focused downfield on McCaffrey. So the fact that he was focused downfield still was good. But he also missed six points to Greg Olson um, in in lieu of a 15-yard completion to Christian McCaffrey. So then Cam definitely saw what he did wrong, and two plays later – Ed Dixon found himself in Greg's position. Defender shifted toward Christian McCaffrey. He was he and Ed was wide open in the end zone. And this time Cam saw him, but overthrew him by, you know, the distance from here to the moon. And that drive ended in a field goal. So that's one of those things that it was a, it was a it was a drive where you could definitely see both the good and the bad. Cam did keep his eyes downfield to look for McCaffrey, who definitely improvised on the end of that route to make sure that he could stay open in what was kind of closing in to be triple coverage um but he did miss greg and then the ed dixon overthrow was was just a a flat-out mistake by cam so the silver lining to all that is that's what christian mccaffrey does he's kind of the shiny object that draws in multiple defenders and leaves other guys open but those are points that cam should have put on the board um with greg and i think ed was just a poor overthrow And the last thing I think before we get going on some of the interview portions of this podcast is that I was pretty impressed by Carolina's offensive line. And obviously a lot of their performance is what we can expect to see from a healthy offensive line, something we did not see very much of last year. But Cam mostly stayed clean. He only, there were no, he didn't take a sack. Um, There were only two quarterback hurries on him the whole game. And not only that, but when Ron Rivera told offensive coordinator Mike Shula that they needed a long drive when the corners were out, um, getting their IVs in the trainers in the locker room, kind of mid-game, they were able to give him, Shula and, and the offensive line and Cam Newton, they were able to give him a long drive, which I think is important. It's it's indicative of the health of the line, first of all. It's indicative of what they're able to do when they put the ball on the ground and and manage the game and a lot of that goes hand in hand with having a a good offensive line and then what really showed it was the eight minute 48 second drive at the end of the game to seal the game and I cannot understate the importance of a drive like that because it shows so many different things that are are crucial to winning football games it showed great clock management first of all it showed that the this line is capable of of being physical through four quarters which Obviously, in the preseason, we just didn't know because the the starters weren't in for the entire game. It showed that Carolina can win with the ball on the ground and can put the ball on the ground when it needs to to take off that time. And it it just was um, it was a really impressive drive that I think really started with the offensive line. And I, I think it's important to give those guys a shout out because not only did Cam stay clean and wasn't really rushed um, when he was throwing 
you know, he also, Jonathan Stewart was also given room to run. Christian McCaffrey was given room to run. And I I just thought it was a, a pretty nice performance by them all around. And with that, we set our sights on the Buffalo Bills, a.k.a. Carolina North, because of all these connections that Carolina and Buffalo have at this point. Obviously, former assistant GM for the Carolina Panthers, Brandon Bean, gets his big shot in Buffalo as the actual general manager up there. Former defensive coordinator Sean McDermott is out there as the head coach now. Uh, Former Panthers fullback, also a fan favorite, for this fan base, Mike Tolbert is uh, toldozing and dancing his way out in Buffalo now. Hopefully he's staying warm. Former third-string Carolina quarterback, another fan favorite because of his versatility and his willingness to play special teams, Joe Webb was recently acquired by the Buffalo Bills. And, of course, we can't forget about Kalen Clay, who uh, was sent to Buffalo in exchange for Kayvon Seymour, the cornerback and a seventh round draft pick in 2019 and clay had a really strong preseason um and was kind of kept around as a speed option for carolina so it'll be interesting to see how buffalo uses him as well so this week obviously the the storylines are pretty clear that there's that connection and and these teams know each other extremely well they know each other's schemes pretty well so this game will be pretty exciting it'll either be a slugfest of you know, Buffalo's guys against Carolina's guys with not a whole lot of wrinkles thrown in as as they are are already kind of adept at, at what each other does. Or it'll be a crazy game with tons of wrinkles thrown in as each team as each coach tries to outduel one another. Um I kind of tend to think it will be the former, but we'll see. Um a special treat though, Mike Tolbert was on the conference call this week. Myself and, and Brian Strickland with Panthers.com stayed back as uh, the the Panthers locker room session opened to make sure that we got Mike Tolbert on the phone and it was just really enjoyable. He's always a great quote and, and shed some in- insight on his release, his conversation with Dave Gettleman in which Gettleman, um, according to Tolbert, told him that he was deteriorating. So he was pretty funny about that and talked a little bit about Joe Webb and getting on the phone to try and make sure that Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean brought Joe Webb into Buffalo and a great story about the first time he ever went against Thomas Davis when Tolbert was a rookie and now they'll have the chance to go each- against each other again so here's Mike Tolbert Mike T how you doing man hello oh, Mike. <laughs> hello how you doing Mike I'm doing good I think uh, the music in this locker room is lacking without you here this year, man. I mean, that's, you know, that's obvious, you know what I'm saying? I was the heartbeat, you know, I keep keep things rolling. Mike, I I wanted to start right off the bat asking you about how you're settling into Buffalo. It looked like you were pretty comfortable out there in that end zone doing that Millie Rock last weekend. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm having a good time up here, you know. I brought brought the music and all this stuff up here, you know. Cats enjoying it, having fun. So yeah, I'm I'm very comfortable. How you doing, Mike? I'm good. I'm good. Good. Did you also um, bring your DNA up there? I wanted to ask you about that. Coach McDermott earlier today kind of said you are an example of a guy that has the DNA that they're kind of looking for as they build something in Buffalo. What do you, What do you think that means? I think he's talking, you know, about my 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 uh, ability to you know to just help a team relax, you know, have a good time, the lightheartedness. You know the 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 what's the word I'm trying to get at the the energy the constant energy you know what I'm saying the the joke jokiness you know the let 
to let guys know that, hey, it's okay to have a good time and, and get out there and, and play, but have fun while you're playing. When you're developing, as Sean is trying to develop uh, a locker room culture that's cohesive to what he wants to establish up there as the new coach, how important is that kind of mentality as, as well as the kind of like lace up your boots and get to work kind of uh, going hand in hand? I mean, it's, it's extremely important. You know, um, he's, he's a guy that, that wants things done a certain way, but at the same time he wants us to be ourselves and wants us to have a good time doing it. So, I mean, we're going to get it done, get our job done, you know, be, we're going to do our job and, and be one eleventh of our team, you know, but at the same time, we're going to be ourselves and, and have a good time and dance and play around and joke, you know, and have a good time doing that type of stuff too. Mike, what was it like to get the ball? I think it was 11 times and also caught a pass on Sunday. It, 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 was, it felt good, you know. You know, um, it's one of those things where you don't, you don't realize until you until it's gone, you know. So once I got the ball a good bit this year, this time, it was uh, one of those things where I was like, "Hey, I can I can get used to this," you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it felt good, you know. I know that there was a uh, based on what you told told uh, Joe and Scott over here with me at the Observer. I know there was a, maybe a little bit of a a heated moment in your in your exit here uh, with Dave Gettleman and, and the word deteriorated but 11 touches and a half and a, and a touchdown doesn't seem doesn't seem like you're going anywhere soon Mike right <laughs> don't think that don't seem deteriorated at all does it no you know, sir it does not everybody's entitled to their own opinion you know what I'm saying so you know I use that that whole deteriorated word as motivation not destruction you know I'm not gonna let it tear me down I'm gonna let it build me up so if they think I'm deteriorated, I'm going to show you that I'm not. And I think that's we proved that I'm on a good start to that. And, Mike, uh, how's, how's your relationship been building with LaShawn McCoy out there? Oh, it's been great. I mean, he's a guy that I, I knew previously before coming here to Buffalo. So, I mean, we already had a previous relationship. But, I mean, it's been great. You know, he's a guy that, that keeps keeps me on my toes. And that's, that's tough to say because I'm the one that usually does that. But, I mean, we're having a good time up here, and, um, you know, I think we compliment each other while it's back. What can the Panthers expect from his game? You know, he draws a lot of comparisons uh, to the little rookie Carolina brought in, Christian McCaffrey. Um, man, LaShawn McCoy is a dynamic back all on his own. I don't think you can compare him to anyone. I mean, he's a guy that's tough to cover. He's a guy that's tough to tackle. You know, it's kind of hard to get a beat on him. Sometimes I can't even get a beat on him, so... Um, <laughs> You know, I think that's, that's, that's a positive thing for our offense. Mike, have you had a chance to, um, or have you kept up with some of your ex-Panther teammates here over the last couple months? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, these guys are not only former teammates, they're friends and lifelong friends. You know, I talked to Jonathan and Fozzie and Cam, Cam, Cam both Cam, Cameron Artis Payne and Cam Newton. You know, I talked to Thomas Davis, I talked to Luke, I, you know, I talked to AJ Klein, who's not there anymore, but you know, just for example, they are all friends of mine. You know, we talk all the You know, I just talked to Jonathan three days ago, two days ago. Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those things that we're we're going to be friends on Sunday. Yeah, at 1 o'clock, we're enemies for, for the next few or four, three or four hours. But we'll be friends afterwards. I mean, you have played for more than one team, I know. But still, what will it be like, do you think, coming back here and being in the visitor's locker room? I mean, I don't think it will be anything strange to me. You know, um, it's, it, to me, it's just another away game. Obviously, you know, it's a place that I'm familiar with. 
it's fans that I'm familiar with, it's a, a, a setting and a scenery that I'm familiar with. So I think it's going to bode well for myself having a good game because I'm in a comfortable place. It's not like I'm going somewhere, say, for instance, Green Bay, a stadium that I've never played in. You know what I mean? Right. So, I mean, I'm familiar with it. So I think what uh, you mentioned TD before? What what would you think about uh, hitting a hole and then there's TD right across from you? What kind of co- uh, collision could that potentially be? It could it could be a great one. You know, um, I first met TD my rookie year when Carolina came to San Diego to play, and I was remember I was talking. I was at the team hotel talking to him, and I was talking so much trash. You know, I was like, <laughs> man, when I come through there, I'm gonna bust you right in your mouth, this and that. And then first time they got called, I went up to him and I cut him, and he was so mad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was so, he was so mad, but you know, I mean, it's one of those things that like a great friendship and brotherhood has built out was built out of that. But um, you know, at, at, on Sunday it's it's all business. You know what I mean? I'm sure he's gonna do his job. I got to do mine. So we're gonna see what happens. Who comes out on top of that one? Mike, uh, did you make sure to remind him of that play when you came to Carolina and to play with Thomas Davis? Oh, yeah, all the time, all the time. And I'm going to remind him of it again before Sunday, please believe. <laughs> did he get a Put chance? In mind. Did he get a chance to hit you in that game? Uh, I'm sure he did, but not as bad as I, not as bad as he wanted to, I think. <laughs> Hey, were you uh, were you pleasantly surprised to be joined by Joe Webb here uh, right before the season? Well, you know, once I once I heard that the Panthers cut him, I was on the phone with Coach McDermott and uh, Bean, like, "Hey, what's up? Like, this guy's <laughs> an animal. Like, he's a dog. We need him." And it was like, "He is already on the way up here to work out." So I was like, "Cool, <laughs> cool." So I'm happy for him. Yeah, I'm sure having him in, in the locker room with you is is probably pretty great. He seemed to be a team favorite out here as well. Oh yeah, he's, he's he's a guy with a mentality like mine, like joking, having a good time. But when it's time to go to work, we go to work. Cool. I think we're set, Mike. Thank you so much. It was great to talk to you again. Uh, no problem, man. Thank you all. Thanks again to the always entertaining Mike Tolbert, and thanks to you all for listening to this week's episode of Three and Out. See you all next week.